Blessed are you, Adonai our guide, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us regarding the words of the Torah. Sweeten for us, Adonai our God, the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouths of your nation, the house of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of our offspring and the offspring of your nation, the house of Israel, all of us, be people who know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed are you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his nation, Israel. Blessed are you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who chose us from all the nations and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, who gives the Torah. Amen. Amen. That's from the I'm confused on the whole whether it's Sephard or Sephardic, but that one says Sephardic, not Sephard or Sephardi. Either way, it's Sephard. So, you could just say Sephard. I don't know it's if you can. It's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's yeah. Sephard, Sephardi, and Sephardic, I think, are. Is that three different things or two different things? Two different things. Two different things. Sephard is different than Sephardic. Sephardic and Sephardi are the same. Sephardic and Sephardi are the same. And Sephard, different. And we're leading towards the E or the Ick. <laughs> not the D. Got it. Gentlemen, to the distinguished scholars present, the guests who are joining us online, and everybody who wishes they were here tonight, welcome. Um, tonight, as you saw, we're going to be going through smoothing, skinning, and salting through the Melicote. And this is a uh, continuation of, for those of us, for those who may be joining us for the first time, it's a continuation of our discussions on the 39 Melicote. Um, my intent for this discussion this evening is to just provide some of the research that I found and help us come to a basic understanding of the things that are um, related to those three and help us to make decisions um, based on the scripture and our understanding thereof. I expect some lively discussion and... Um, That's probably wonderful. <laughs> Any What's that? Yeah, let's, let, um, so if I, uh, you know, you guys know I haven't been up here in a while, so if, I, uh, if I'm starting to struggle, just debate amongst yourselves and just, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> um, and for, you know, just a, um, so where we are right now, um, can anyone just say what's a melaka and why do we care? Melaka is prohibited work. Prohibited work? And we care because we want to. Amen. Amen. Um, so we don't have a lot of description from scripture of the actual forms of prohibited work. So it's from the construction of the tabernacle that we derive, the sages derive 39 different categories, and as I'm going to show in a few minutes uh, here in just a moment, divided those into actually six different categories of for what those actually pertain to. Um, a couple really cool um, scripture passages. Uh, I liked having them all in the same place myself, um, and we haven't really used a lot of, you know, Biblical references throughout our studies because a lot of it is discussion and halakha. So, um, just wanted to, you know, give a brief recap of what we know just straight from scripture: Exodus 34, Numbers 15, 32 through 36, treading in a wine press, loading animals, 
okay? Uh, burdens on Shabbat. Um, Nehemiah 13, 15 through 18, that is, you know, doing business, more about carrying. Isaiah 58, 13. Jeremiah 17, 22, Amos 8, 5, in relation to traveling. Exodus 16, 29 through 30, kindling a fire. And 35, 2 through 3, as forbidden work. All right, so... Um, as far as the categories of Melikot, all of the three that I chose tonight fall in the same category, and they're all related to making leather curtains. All right, um, the six categories are field work, making material curtains, making leather curtains, making the beams of the Mishkan, that is the tabernacle, putting up and taking down the Mishkan, and the Mishkan's final touches. So there are the six right there, and just so that you know, you know I wasn't picking random ones, the, the three that I chose to do tonight are related to the leather curtains contained therein. All right. um, the first one I want to touch on, this is where I hope the bulk of our discussion tonight takes place, is in relation to Memachek. Say that for me. Memachek. Okay. That's smoothing, okay? And basically, um, smoothing a surface of leather and other rough edges, or um, you know, scraping a surface to achieve smoothness, okay? Well, what does that mean? We'll see here in a moment. Um, but the idea right now is just, okay, memachek, this one's sort of a two-parter. It has a uh, sort of a complementary term that goes along with it, as we're gonna see in just a moment. Um, let me go to the next slide. Memachek um, and Memareach. Okay, so let's say Memareach. Okay. Memachek applies to the process, like we just mentioned, of removing the hairs from the hides, like the rams, ram skins, by smoothing with instruments specialized for this purpose. Um, could also include feathers and wool for animals um, that are also uh, that we use in this category. All right. And then the second part, uh, memoreach, is one of the toledot. Um, like subcategories. Yes, a, a, a derivative, actually. Um, um, we'll see that right here, I've got a little vocabulary this evening. Um, uh, it's very closely related to it. Um, it's relating to smoothing or spreading something over the surface, not actually removing it as in smoothing wood, like if you're sanding something, all right? Uh, think cosmetics or butter. And then memoriaf actually does not apply in the case that the substance being spread isn't actually absorbed into the thing onto which it is being spread. Okay? Memoriaf does not actually apply in the case that the substance being spread is not being absorbed so into so the putting, object. So I'm putting butter on, the, butter on the bread. It's going into the bread, so this does apply. Yes. So we're, we're gonna get we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. Yes, bro. Oh, if you're gonna get there, I'll wait. Yeah, we're we're gonna. This is yeah. like I said. I'm just gonna. This is just kind of a warm up, and we're gonna get into some stuff that's really applicable okay. to us. All yeah. right. Um, so let's go to the next one. All right. Here are the main applications that I would like to focus on tonight. Cosmetics for. Okay. Mostly women. Mostly women. Assorted. Assorted. Oops. People. Uh, we won't have hands raised. 
Brushing your teeth other are, uh, and other hygienic um, practices, uh, use of soap, certain foods, and scraping. All right? So, Johnny, it's interesting to note that my grandfather, who spoke very little English, when he tried to say brushing teeth, the Italian word came out scraping. Hmm. Scraping teeth. What is the Italian word? I have no idea. He kept saying scraping. He never said it. So, what is interesting? You know, we say brushing it. Spaghetti. But it's literally, it's literally scraping. Spaghetti. Interesting. Yeah, so I mean, it just comes right up. Interesting. Cool. Thank you. All right, so let's go to the next one. All right, here's a little bit of commentary from which I hope. Very little. From which I would like to share some of the some rabbinic points and um, hopefully stimulate some discussion among us. Um, if you guys can't read that, no, I can read it. I, You're gonna tell. Well, I'm, I'm gonna read it for us. All right. And a lot of this comes from the Halakha writings of um, Rabbi Joseph B. Soloveitchik, Volume Four. We we know that we know that name. We've we've used it in here and cited it a number of times. And I thought he had some really interesting things to say. He also had some really neat uh, debates and you know places where he was able to disagree with other uh, well-known rabbis. So we get some different differing perspectives on some of these things. All right. So I, I'm going to try and get through this quickly so that we can get to the get the discussion. Um, but I think that we can. This is a good starter for us. A toldah, or as Joshua remembered earlier, like a subcategory or uh, a derivative. A uh, very closely related topic of memoraic is um, uh, um Substances that are very pliant and moldable, such as wax, tar, or congealed fat, are, the, are in the category of memoraic. However, this applies only to semi-solid substance of firm consistency that retains its shape and has a stable surface, such as wax or putty. This also includes semi-solid substance with enough density to hold together a mass. Examples of that would be skin creams or thick salves. All right. According to Rav Moshe, toothpaste is included in this category, but not according to Rav Soloveitchik. Based on Riata in the Gemara in Shabbat uh, 30a, which states, one may rub utensils to shine them on Shabbat with anything that is any substance, except applying tartar to silver utensils. Silver is a soft metal, and applying tartar to silver scrapes the silver smooth. The implication is that using nitre or sand to shine the silver is permitted. These agents do not smooth the silver. Okay? My mother used to have me clean the silver anytime we were going to be having people over um, for a special dinner. And that room we never went in. And what did you use? Was it like an abrasive? It, or? it was. Okay. Uh, as he describes there, it was a tartar. Okay. And, you know, she would say, don't rub too hard. Yeah. The answer? Because it removes the silver. Yeah, okay. Pass this around, guys. This is a um, this is a silver half dollar, and you can see how, you know, even over time, or hanging out in a pocket, it will wear smooth. And it's... 90% silver, it's not 100% silver, but you can still feel the surfaces of it and how it is 
soft, okay? Just for a little hands-on something. Sorry, people in Cyberland. Yeah, that's right, yes. <laughs> a camera. Uh, I'm gonna continue. The Rob's basic understanding of that principle concerning Isor, um, that's the, the tartar and, and the, the abrasive uh, of Memachek, um, that is prohibited only when polishing will remove some layer of the substance, all right? By polishing teeth, we're merely removing some food particles or plaque from the surface of the teeth, teeth using a viscous substance that does not have enough density to hold together as a mass. And we're not removing any shred of enamel of the tooth, one would hope. Also using toothpaste with a toothbrush, I, I like this, this is kind of cool, is merely applying pressure to a substance and thereby flattening it, which is not a mirach, okay? According to Rob Moshe Feinstein in Igrot Moshe Orach Chaim, number 112, this is actually absolutely prohibited, it is actually, excuse me, it is absolutely prohibited to brush teeth with toothpaste on Shabbat. Okay, so right there, we've got both sides of the argument, all right? This, the reason stated here is that it is included in Memachek. Agree with it or not, we can see that the Isur is not limited to hides, okay, as in, as in the instance of the tabernacle, all right? Scraping any surface to achieve smoothness may also be Memachek. Therefore, washing hands or dishes, yes, even in cold water, with hard soap on Shabbat is memachek and is therefore not permitted. Brock, you had a question. But well, it was almost the same, because I know earlier we covered, um, Joshua talked about, uh, what was it the one you talked about where you couldn't, you know, put anything in Shearing? Shearing. And you couldn't, and that was the basis for you can't shave or, you know, repair. So this would, I think, also be a basis because you're making the face straight. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, later, we're going to see uh, in the skinning part that um, it applies when the, um, it's pretty much just mostly for animals that are dead but uncooked. So, yeah, yeah so <laughs> that's a, sort of a well, that's hopefully distant, the, distant relative. Hopefully, the only yes. animal that you're skinning is one that's dead but uncooked. <laughs> well, if it, well, actually, I'm going to touch on it. Well, yeah, it actually falls under a different melatoc of shearing if it's a lot. Right. So, so you know, either way, we're not going to do it. But, yeah, it, it's a big, but it becomes valid in dealing with, um, like, a fur coat. Because, like, if you... Um, I read somewhere that said that if you have like shearing does not cover if it if it's not if it's no longer attached to a living being can't grow anymore. So a fur coat would not be covered then. You could like you know trim your fur coat if you need to, or or pull out hairs that were falling off. But the this category or the um, skinning category would apply then. So that's why you have to be careful with your fur coat. Exactly. Note to self, I'm gonna yeah, no to self. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, I don't have the mink shots. You can wear it, you just can't pull the hairs off. Nice dreads. I don't know, I don't have that problem. Let's see. So, where, so let's get some thoughts going. Let me ask a question. Yes, sir. So, this last thing on the hard soap deal. Yes. It would. 
We get it. Yeah. It, it sounds to me though like we're smoothing the soap rather than smoothing the, smoothing the hands. And I can tell you that I never finish rinsing when I wash my hands <laughs> until there's no more soap. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I know. I'm not you get, that, you get not, that sort of residue yeah, on there. So it feels not, sort of grimy. It's not being absorbed. Yeah. So I wonder what's going but on. It, it is being absorbed because you can still uh, smell it afterwards. Well, are you using a hard yeah, soap? <laughs> are you using a hard soap when you do that? Hard soap well, Gojo is, 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 like is the yeah. orange pumpkin. Yeah. With, with the <laughs> like the bars. That's smoothing. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's like it. a very um, yes. uh, abrasive. Right. Type the hard soaps normally, you know, you, you use those for you know six seven months and they're still the same size as when you bought them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, unlike the ivory soap, which is gone in two showers. Right? Yeah, exactly. Because I was actually wondering. I, I, I was wondering if you've seen any like what what the exceptions are on soap because. I've read like a couple of different opinions, and it seemed like there was more variety than I would have probably expected. It sounds like we don't want to read this guy. Yeah, uh, uh, um, like I said, um, on soap, which is actually one of the topics I'm going to cover a little bit more in depth. Um, basically, you want the soap to be as as liquid as possible. So mix it with water. Yes, you can mix it with water. You can use a more like a, like a pump style, you know, liquid lotiony type soap. Um, well, and lotions are permitted, I believe, as long as they're fairly liquid. Like, like, a, like a cream is not, but a lotion is fine, as long as yeah, it's not. Yeah, we're going to touch on those. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, I'm probably jumping ahead of you. No, no, that's okay. I, your your insights are yeah. welcome. So, how do we feel about brushing our teeth, guys? So, what did we come down on that? I'm, I'm I, just I, Slavokic. I like uh, that. I like Slavokic. Him too. I would think Me too. Slovakic. Yeah. I, I thought that would keep relations, wouldn't it? That's yeah, good. I like just like glasses. So Slovakic. Slovakic. So Solo says that you can't. You can't brush your teeth. You can. No, he said you can. You can. Yes. Everybody else is. Well, these other two. Rab Moshe Feinstein is, I think, a 21st century rabbi, and or 20th century, excuse me. And he tends generally to fall more on the strict side. Yeah, Did so you see his teeth? Oh, same error? <laughs> Obviously, Sylvester disagrees. Yes. <laughs> um, but generally speaking, so like if, if you follow Feinstein, he's going to tend to fall on the strict side in general. So, like, I mean, that's just a, I mean, a note. See, personally, the kind of toothpaste that I have, it's, uh, it's like the uh, pressed uh, ultra bright or something like that and you can actually feel little pieces of grit in it it's it, it, when, when it's on there so it's so it's a little bit more abrasive than say yeah, like your mentadent or like a regular colgate or something like that so okay regardless of what kind of toothpaste you use okay once a year most of us are going to the dentist so they can take that pink crap <laughs> on each tooth, right? Now yeah. that, I would say, don't do that on Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Brushing the teeth just doesn't seem to cut it compared to that. She's totally terrible. Well, you're obviously not using a sonic toothbrush. Next. <laughs> <laughs> so here's... Paul's for a 30-second question. Yes, Brock. Uh, here's, I, I guess I didn't completely understand. Um, so... I got where smoothing, as long as it's not being absorbed, you're, you're good. Mm -hmm. But I guess when I'm brushing my teeth, I'm not really 
my teeth aren't absorbing the toothpaste. So is it because it's going inside my... No, the issue has to do with whether or not... According it's to smooth. Rob Soloveitchik, it has yes. to do with you're taking it, a layer of absorption off. in this case. But don't, it, don't worry about absorption in this case. Okay. That's a, I think that's covered under a different melaton. Okay. Second piece. Okay. If I'm not removing actual tooth, just just like, you know, plaque. Or that, food. Or food. Yes. You know, but, you know. That's where I'm leaning right now. So how is it smoothing if I'm just removing torn substances? Because I tend to use a teeth. toothpick to do the same. Oh. Doesn't seem like fine. I've got a machete that I, you know, I, yeah, I, <laughs> you yeah. got just rocking the tooth. That's what I do. I'm with the enamel on this one. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Stand with the enamel. Cool. So it's technically, like you can you can rinse off a dish. So it's nothing wrong with like cleaning something. Yeah. Like you so far, you're not going to so remove the dish so from itself. <laughs> right. I believe so. Right. You can't. You rinse something off. Can you read something out on Yeah. 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 So when I guess John, Jonathan was at the um, Oppenheims one time, he was talking about they were doing dishes there. Like one of the girls was doing dishes, and he was speaking to her about it because they had forgotten to turn on the hot water or do something with the hot water so they couldn't do it in warm water. So, but yet they, she was still doing dishes. Though. Was it stooge? I don't know how she was doing it. Yeah, dishes is, a, is an interesting one because yeah. some rabbis will say that, okay, Yes, you can do it if you're doing it in cold water only for the first and second meals of the day, okay, of, of Shabbat. So like we're really getting on the edge, the fringe here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying that basically for every subcategory or every single thing you could think about relating to these things, somebody has an opinion. There's a rabbi who has an opinion, and they've made their ruling and their stand on it made made known. So I'm just saying that among you know my studies, I found a lot of these things. One of the uh, funny one, uh, not a funny one, but another one about the absorption uh, was the um, thought here. Rav Ovadia Yosef says even toothpaste is allowed. This is based on the Magen Avraham 316.24 that says you're allowed to smear spit on the ground. Since if your smearing gets totally since if your smearing gets totally absorbed, therefore it's not a problem of hemorrhagic. So if we made a salve maybe and then put it on somebody's eyes, that would, that would be <laughs> well, great. If, if, you, if you well block, that's a different issue. But don't you dab. Yes, you have to dab it. And okay. might land Similarly, toothpaste doesn't stay there for finger. a long time. This goes back to the, can you oh, rinse it off? Guy yeah. This guy, <laughs> Rob Obadia Yosef, says if toothpaste doesn't stay there for a long time, um, um, and his second proof for that is that um, the Rama, or Chaim, doesn't say that the problem with using a hard soap is memoria, but instead says molid, because the soap only remains there temporarily. Because Malid is to do with changing shape or some changing yes. the actual substance of the thing you're yes. using. Because yeah, I've read that opinion. That's why I was curious about the soap. Exactly. Obadiah um, Yosef is a Sephardi rabbi yep. who also tended to be more lenient, like generally speaking. Um, one thing I actually talked to was. Yeah, I said he just recently passed away about two months ago? Three months ago? Yeah, very recently. The sun is not too Um this goes to your uh, here's here's to Yosef on your, your fluoride <laughs> the dentist uh, Rav Moshe Yonah Halevi big raises the issue that it may be refuah like a 
uh, wheeling on Shabbat. This is based on the Rambam, who says that if you put a certain liquid in your mouth, it is prohibited to put it in if you have intention to heal. But if your intention is just for your breath, then it's okay. He says that maybe since there's fluoride and the brushing strengthens your teeth, it may be a sore. Well, prohibited. It's a, it's prohibited. Rav Ovadia rejects this and says even if the toothpaste has fluoride, because even healthy people brush their teeth daily, and the Gezira of refuah of, uh, of healing doesn't apply to preventative Okay, so like these guys have thought it through to the nth degree. So I like a couple of guys saying brushing my teeth is okay. My wife will appreciate that. You guys will appreciate that. I'm yeah. good with that one. Yes, I well, I, I really liked the sort of disclaimer at the very end of I think it was last week's class where it was like, okay, for the sake of relationships, shalom in the home, shalom bite. Certain things can be permitted. <laughs> There's leniency. <laughs> All right. So, okay, so um, there was another one in here that I. Um, it was about. Um, oh, this is interesting. Um, brushing your teeth can sometimes cause the gums to bleed, which is prohibited under the Melaka of the Shabbat. What's that? Don't bleed. Yeah. Don't let them receive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brush for love. Um, so Rob Gitzhak says that this would be a problem with toothbrushes, especially ones with very hard bristles. The solution, if you really want to go this far, get a soft bristle toothbrush for Shabbos. Shabbos. Exactly. Yeah. And I think they actually make Hector. The, the Sonic toothbrush is not uh, kosher, kosher for Shabbos, by the way. Sorry, battery powered, no bueno. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Alright. Who actually thinks we're allowed to do? That's cool. Yeah. You can use baby oil to brush your teeth. <laughs> 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 or liquid soap, according no. to the battery. <laughs> So that's where they get that. I'm going to wash your mouth. That was so crazy. <laughs> these are the different things that you Why? can do. Why do you need to know that? So, like, if you <laughs> look at your list here, you got butter. That's right. You have a question. Why can you spread butter on a sandwich? Because it absorbs We're, we're going to get the food. Yeah, food is special. Because I want it to be that. <laughs> I've actually created a list of do's and don'ts related to this category. Well, here's so some do's. Smoothing dues. Oh, that's what we were reading. Yeah, there we go. So, to the point about the hard soap earlier, with um, <laughs> using a very liquid soap, it's permissible to dissolve thick with liquid soap with water to to uh, to water it down and make it a little bit more watery. Um, baby oil is permitted. It's like a lotion, I guess. Uh, yes, but not a, but not an actual lotion. Baby oil, uh, I guess in or maybe it's from moisturizing or well, something. Well, any like kind that. of moisturizer is fine, but it has to be really, really liquidy. Very thin. Yeah, Very as opposed thin. to like your typical cream. Very liquidity. Very thin. Um, and it mentions of desitin or other ointment when ointment is permitting not. 
spreading or smoothing, so it's got that daddy. It's got to be dabbed. Dab. A little dab will do it. <laughs> All right, um, and you can. It's perfectly okay to place the band a bandaid over a wound that an ointment was dabbed onto, or onto a wound onto which ointment was dabbed. Supervise that. the English major, major's present. Yes. Okay, so then this is what made me think of it. Say I have a wound in my hand, I can't spread the ointment, and I can dab it. Yep. Can I like pour it? Well, if you pour it, there's, there's no problem. That's already liquid. Actually, you're yes, because, like because look right though. here. If you're pouring it, um, I would relate that also to. No, I think of neosporin. <laughs> I think of neosporin. You can squeeze oh, the substance out of it too. Neosporin, okay. toothbrush, uh, toothpaste, uh, things like that. So, so, so I, okay. I don't, I don't see any issue with that. Sweet. I think that's perfectly okay. Change the form of the so I can put uh, syrup on my pancakes. Yeah. Or <laughs> where are you going? Where are you talking about? We just buy a melt of spirit. That's kind of yeah. in the healing category. Healing <laughs> of your wonder or something. That's comfort. Maybe in the south. We have smoothing don'ts. Uh, well, we got to yeah. finish the sandwich. Yes, uh, and spreading <laughs> butter on a sandwich is perfectly okay, Mr. Colby. All right, so let's look at some of the foods. Are we going to cover food? I thought we couldn't spread butter. It's not related to the the absorption of it. Yeah, so it doesn't absorb enough? So it's got to be hard butter. Well, okay, I'm confused on that. You said butter as an example of something that would not be allowed. No, in the case, I think it was the caveat right below it that said... It's being absorbed. I thought being absorbed was bad. No, no, no. No, no, no. It is bad. Absorbed is no good. Absorbed is bad. But food is special. I mean, throughout all of the Melipote, if you have a food issue, it is given it is given a more lenient position, generally speaking, as long as it's part of the process of eating. I don't know if that's why it's okay here, but I'm just saying that, like, like for example, you can't tear, but if you open a potato chip bag on Shabbat, that's okay, as long as it's part of your way of getting to food. Well, and, and You can like, salt certain things. But when it comes to food, you have to do and it a certain way, but you can salt. You yeah. can't die things, but you can die food because you're going to eat it. Food well, is special. Rather, you can die it as, as part of the so eating process. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So it's let's hear what he has to say. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I, I think that let's go to the next slide and look at some of these moving don'ts. <laughs> Obviously, sand wood. Part of that is removing surface. Send the flow. Send the flow. Send the flow. One of the interesting one, ones for uh, Shabbat you know, uh, dishes and things like that is don't scrub a pot with steel wool. Yeah, in this house it's let it soak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm okay with that. I just know that's, uh, sure. that's a concern for some people, uh, some homes that I've visited. So, um, up, you know, should go without saying, scraping rust. Speaking of the pot, we we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one's really interesting. There was a lot of attention given to scraping mud off of a leather shoe. And and walked it leave it on and take it in the squid train's house. They won't scrape it for you. Then Alan can kill on Shabbat. So, for the sake of relations. <laughs> Um, it's really interesting. One of the guys, um, this was a, there was a rabbi teaching, and one of the students in the classroom spoke up and said, but what if, I mean, you're, you know, 
in reference to the scraping mud off shoes, okay, specifically leather shoes um, or leather soles. This is leather shoe, but mostly the, the sole of the shoe. But like, well, if you're if you're actually considered smoothing it by doing that, you're doing it only just a very little bit. To which the rabbi said, "Okay, say it takes 30 times for you to, to scrape the mud off, but you know you're smoothing it, you know, a little bit each time." Each one, you've smoothed it one thirtieth the amount that it takes for it to be smoothed. Um, I, I think that in some cases that when you think about it in terms of how much or how little something can be done, um, I'm not sure. Mr. Upham, if you can help me on this, if you remember something along those lines or anybody, but there's like something about the smallest division of something, you know, as, as being related to like one sixtieth or something. What's that? One sixtieth. One sixtieth as related to the second of a, of a minute, I believe. And um, so one thirtieth is is still more than one sixtieth. So if you're if you're worried about transgressing something and you're thinking, okay, well, it's gonna take me thirty times to make this thing smooth, but I'm only gonna do it four times, well you're probably still doing it too much. Okay, so that's that's sort of the idea behind it. One of the things on food at the bottom there, mm -hmm. you got smoothing out a cake, like, yeah, presentation does not count. You have to be part of the eating process. Yes, yes, and we'll also see some things dealing with that amount of insulting. And that's actually weird, because I like tuna. And I'm just like, well, then you just, it's just, 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 just form. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that, that, but I mean, like, if you're, if you're gonna, like, take your, if you're gonna take your cream cheese and put it on your bagel with your lock, that's fine as long as it's part of eating it. But if you're taking the cream cheese out of the container and like making a cute little like you know design on the plate someone can serve off of, that's not okay. Exactly. Uh, Decorative purposes. Yes, about dipping uh, the scooper in the ice cream. Um, that would also be okay as far as I know. Did you really think ice cream was okay? Joe, ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Use an on scooper. Did you think ice cream was okay? Going back to church. <laughs> <laughs> into a bowl or something like that, I think that's completely okay. But a lot of people like, I'm think, like think of the amount of tuna. If you use that same kind of scoop for tuna, and then you're gonna like scoop it out, and then you want it to sort of evenly fit on the bread, you're gonna kind of pat it down in certain areas and kind of even it out a little bit, much probably much like you would peanut butter and jelly or, or anything else that's spreadable and goes onto a piece of bread. Uh, I think ice cream would be perfectly okay. So those will be okay. The issue that he's talking about here is more like if you're just putting it on dis like as a display or as like as presentation for the meal. So like, because that becomes an issue especially for like if you have guests and stuff, you want to make the food look good. So like if you're like, you know, we're going to have this cute little dome of that's tuna a, salad. That's a Friday. Yeah. Jason. Young Master Martin. Is the smoothing of crinkled page allowed? Of a crinkled page? Interesting question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why do you have a paper? Your bio gets crinkled up sometimes. Oh, that's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
You know what? That might be worth a follow-up question. Scott, <coughs> Scott's going home tonight and telling Susie that the master was stumped. As <laughs> <laughs> a young lad. That's a good question. That's a really good question. Yeah. Especially, uh, who, who, who did the whole... I got the book. It's written on the outside. But if you oh, open yeah. it, yeah. that? that was terrible. <laughs> terrible. Terrible. Man, terrible. I'm, just, I'm looking at all the sides of the book. Uh, okay, I got over the. Yeah. All right. So, uh, is that something we want to talk about at the moment? We'll Straighten the paper thing. I think. I think uh, Taylor just uh, lacked sufficiency in his class and just threw up. I don't understand how that was relevant to my class whatsoever. The paper resembles a mound of tuna. There's, there's so if you crumple it all up to a ball, yeah, wow! Yeah, if it's already, if it's a, if it's a completely removed page from a book and it's a ball, that's prohibited. But if the page has become bent, I think that's permissible. Are you <laughs> asking which book? Or are you You're asking if the page is crinkled in such a way that you, when you uncrinkle it, it creates the words? If that would be tantamount to creating uh, verbiage? That's where I was going. Uh, well, but the question, I mean, the question that it doesn't follow its movement at all, right? Because it's not being absorbed. Right, and you're not applying Exactly, you're not applying anything to it. And, and in the case of the, uh, the good rabbi Soloveitchik, who was in favor of brushing teeth, you're simply flattening the stuff. You're not actually mm -hmm. um, yeah, so spreading it. You're just flattening it. this would be totally inappropriate if your hand was full of Vaseline or peanut butter. <laughs> But How are you got yourself in that scenario to begin with this program? <laughs> with liquidy soap. With liquidy soap. Very, very, very liquid soap. Yes. How did this happen? Again? Are you ready? From all the syrup oh. from your pancake. Uh, <laughs> the next yes, one is a big um, one. Uh-oh. Ah. Gold. Okay. Cosmetics and hygiene. Here we go. Hey, listen up, Pete. Uh, some of the things that I like to look at are um, nail varnish, soap, we're bringing it there, um, cutting nails and or hair, lipstick, powder, combing hair, braiding hair, perfume and cologne, nail polish. Is there, there's a difference between nail polish and nail varnish? I think varnish so. They, they, made, a, they made a, yeah. there was a... <laughs> I think the, it's right. The list at which I was looking differentiated between the two. One of you, uh, Rock is no. saying one is for removal. I guess varnish is you remove nail polish. Polish you apply. Uh, so varnish is the thing you go like. Yeah, that's how you remove the nail polish. <laughs> that's the stuff that smells really <laughs> almost like yes. markers. Even yeah. more it's interesting than it. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like turpentine. It's like turpentine or something. Um, blush powders, sun tanning, makeup removal, smoothing creams, and lotions. Yeah, sun, sun cream is another one. Yeah, sun tanning. Alright, so uh, can we go to the next one? And we're going to come, we're going to uh, actually go back. Sorry. Alright, so um, basically, here's some of the thoughts behind having to analyze a number of these. Uh, with so many cosmetics on the market today, uh, the question of these products on Shabbos becomes very relevant. Uh, some background information may shed some light on what possible problems may be in regard to Shabbat. The Melka to be aware of is the act of dying, and that's what's related to dying. 
which was done to color the curtains of the Mishkan. The second is related to our discussion at present, that of smoothing, uh, um, which was done to finish the leather of the coverings on the Mishkan. While the rabbinical, sorry, while the biblical prohibition of dyeing is only something that will be colored permanently, there's still a rabbinic prohibition on creating a temporary coloring effect. Therefore, cosmetics such as rouges, lipsticks, eyeshadows, and others, which add color to the skin, albeit for a short amount of time, are still <laughs> to use on Shabbos. Yes, Brock? Just a small disclaimer. There's a lot of uh, discussion amongst the rabbis, um, specifically that dying, whether you can temporarily color or where you cannot. They're very divided, so much so that they have not come to like a <laughs> general consensus, and generally what the Orthodox do is they apply makeup on Friday and don't even mess with it on Saturday, as far as dying goes. Interesting. They hope they don't mess or, with it on or Saturday. Or for the sake of the relationship. Yeah, there's also that They just look at another category. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, three different opinions on, on soap. According to Chachan Ovadia Yosef, it is permitted to use a bar of soap or liquid soap on Shabbat, because one has no intention of changing changing anything. One only intends to clean what he is washing. Okay? The second is Chacham Ben Zion Abba Shaul. One may not use a bar of soap, but one may use liquid soap on Shabbat. And that's from the Shulchan Baruch. And the third view is that according to which we saw earlier, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein is forbidden to use a bar of soap and it is forbidden to use liquid soap as well. So he's he's pretty high standard there. Um, any guesses on cutting nails or hair? Uh, yeah, they've been been covered that one. Exactly. No, can't sever them or do that. Not unless they're anyway. um, as, as just, you know, again, uh, the disclaimer, um, foregoing that disclaimer, the strict adherence to the smoothing mimicake, um, it is forbidden for a woman to adhere uh, to apply lipstick on Shabbat. You want lip gloss. Yeah, that well, falls into the same category. And chapstick also, right? Yes, and chapstick. What about if they um, down, play tennis? That? <laughs> Yeah, with, with the, no color what change. Dab? Like, yeah, yeah, change. No dab, sort of ointment style. Yeah, you know, yeah, okay. like, like the little. That's how he uses his broken checks. See, God bless you with broken checks. He dabs. But then I have to like smooth it with song, right? Oh. What do you do? What do you do? Did you or did you just do the look? Did you have mountains or? Come on, man. Do the look like like ridges. Your mouth. <laughs> did you go like this? <laughs> you got this big <laughs> petroleum gelatinous. Glob. <laughs> so, uh, while we're on a, on a breather, um, Samuel writes about smearing. Uh -huh. uh, that uh, he's, he's questioning whether or not um, this uh, prohibition was in place in the times of the master, because of what I brought up earlier with the, the master making the mud and then applying it to the man's eyes. He washed and he could see. So, I would say that. We've already determined that it's not a problem to to dab mud on there. We already read it's not a problem to spit and make the mud. So maybe, but it, even if it was a prohibition, 
alleviating human suffering all exactly. trumps yeah. the Malachot. He's healed. Which he made it clear you can heal on Shabbat. Right. Absolutely. Yeshua Even the Talmud says that. that. Well, right. although Yeshua definitely takes a much more lenient view on healing than modern rabbis do, because I've read a lot about the healing issue, and unless it's like a pretty serious pain, like a serious problem, they're not. They don't normally prohib- uh, allow it. So, like Yeshua definitely is much more relaxed on healing because he's healing people who who have deficiencies that aren't causing them pain. Like blindness is sad, but he's healing them on Shabbat. They could be healed on Sunday. I mean, it would be fine. But his perspective is making someone whole on Shabbat is a good deed. It is okay. So he he does take it a step further than modern rabbis will take it. Uh, at least for what I've researched, but yeah. I don't know. Than the Prashim took. Right. And, and the Pharisees disagreed with him at the time as well. Although I think the Pharisees then were even stricter than they are today. I was actually, as I've been reading through the Talmud over the past months, I've actually been. This Sabbath comes up periodically, not just on Tractate Shabbos, but it comes up pretty much in every tractate, particularly uh, now He's that one we're on. He's one of every seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we're on Beta, the Yom Tov is often, which is just discussions on Yom Tov. There's parallels a lot, and I've been pretty shocked at how the leniencies that they'll take for healing on the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as stringent as I once thought before I read the Talmud at all. I was like, oh no, Yeshua was the only one who took that view. The rabbis and the Pharisees were all just total stringent and never took. It's pretty lenient in some cases, and it surprises me. It's case by case basis, but it's not as as though Yeshua was totally off on his own field there. He really had some precedent before and after him for that. Amen. Yeah, I would say, based on what we've seen so far from smoothing, the issue with Yeshua with the mud almost seems like it would fall more like a mixing mixing category more so than smoothing. Because smoothing, I think we just noted, like one rabbi said it was okay if you spat on the ground and like walked on it with your foot. So which is kind of what he does there, sort of, not quite. But the issue be more the mixing than the. Than the well, but again, he, he tends to, um, be, he tends to be more lenient when it has to do with healing. Well, I think the smoothing is just prevalent because after he mixes it, he spit in the mud, then he puts it on his eyes. Although how is the question? Yeah, that's true. I don't think he dabbed. I mean, but he could, but, he, but you could, but you could just simply. Let's not miss the bigger picture. Yeah. The guy's God. He didn't need to make mud. He deliberately made mud. He deliberately applied mud. He didn't have to make mud. He healed other people that were blind without doing the mud thing. He specifically made mud. And he's really specifically trying to make sure everybody knows it is lawful to heal on Shabbat. Exactly right. Don't miss the big picture. He healed, and the way he healed was just further evidence that you can't come up with he a was, thing that I can't do to in on the debate. He sure he was. was. making it very clear what his opinion was. Right. Yeah, I, I and and remember the fact that the guy actually was healed was his proof text. Right. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to take it to the to the Nat's eyebrow and, and say, look at the, the consistency of the mixture, or oh, we can pour some, some crystal light and some water and get, you know, a, a mixture that way because we're gonna consume it and then but look at, you know, Dust and water, you know, or spit, you know, it's basically the same kind of mixture. I mean, I think that's going a little bit beyond what's practical. And I, I want to try and keep us practical tonight. You know, so we're, yeah. Uh, powders. Who remembers where the skin 
Okay. So, so who a makes a lot of good decisions. Okay. Good. Well, it's plural. It's not someone. It's, it's people. It's those who. Plural. Plural. Singular. Plural. 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 Okay. So many poskim permit women applying. Okay, I'm moving on to powder now. Right. Many poskim permit women applying non-sticky powder to their faces on Shabbat. However, other poskim forbid this act. Nevertheless, all agree that applying sticky powder is forbidden. Now, really all, all as in the non-monolithic fallacy that all means all, but most. In a big crowd. It's <laughs> 80%. Was it to eternity That's or right. just a really That's long right. time? <laughs> yeah. 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 This point I'm repeating equal to one. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, uh, nail varnish. It is forbidden to apply or remove nail varnish that on the spot. That makes sense. Um, according, basically, according to what we've, all of these are based on. Uh, our understanding up to this point of the smoothing melancholy. Yes, Brock. Can you talk about? I mean, um, you said you know some rab some post scheme allow applying powder, others don't. But I think it's specifically both agree on the method. So you, the ones that allow it, as long as you're like, I think the description that I read was no, you're almost throwing it at your face. Yes, and some some yeah. Uh, like I said, all of them agree on the sticky powder, but. There, you know, there, but then there are varying camps. You know, I have no idea. Like I a, like a foundation, like a. Well, I, I think um, sticky means anything that it's, it's it, what I read. It was oil based or cream based, something that's gonna adhere to your Permeate skin, the skin and it's gonna be actually absorbed into your skin. Yeah. Okay. So you think oil or cream based? Okay. Because there are a um, number of products that do not do that. Yeah, there's a few in farm between. Yeah, it like gets by like, Brock like special hives. Uh, yeah. I'd like to know about the breeding. Okay. That falls in there a different amount. Uh, time? Uh, yeah. Or building? Uh, no, tying it is it's okay with time. I think it's. Is it's it? okay with building. Is it? Okay. <laughs> okay. So there we go. Good job. Yeah. 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 I thought I've seen it somewhere and I can't remember where I've seen it. It, it is. Okay it is forbidden. It's okay. By smoothing. Really? Yes. Braiding uh, is forbidden by yes. smoothing? Uh, yes. Uh, Braiding is forbidden under the smoothing. So if a, uh, so if a woman has perfectly <laughs> smooth hair and then braids it, it's still <laughs> Hmm. That's interesting. Any, any explanation on why that is? Or Braiding would, would make the hair bumpy. Do it sure. Let's do it. Braiding would make it bumpy? Well, if I'm running my hand right here. Of course you are. It's <laughs> Smooth, but if it's braided, then I it guess it's smooth. That's according to Mishnah Barua. Um, Are you on top of the video? Well, at least you know where it's from now. We can all look it up at home. And I might have another source for my as well. So, no braiding of the beard there, Taylor. Watch the Friday. <laughs> Left yeah, over right, 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 Technically, this this falls under shearing because you're pulling out here. If some hair falls out. Yeah, the white But also, it is related to smoothing because remember that we have instruments that are you know we're 
smoothing across the uh, hides of dead animals to specifically right. remove With the hair. Razors, yeah, no, he he's talking about this right Yeah, no, but that's, mo that's uh, you create a high probability of removing hair. That's interesting one. I don't know oh, how okay. many of those are there. Okay. That's normal, I know that's under shearing. I don't actually know, I think some of these are broader than Yeah, this one's really interesting. As far as perfume and cologne, it is permitted to apply perfume slash cologne on the human body, but it is forbidden to apply perfume onto <coughs> the onto the clothing. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, so I just I just know that some people will wear like a heavier scent, and that they can tone it down by actually putting it on the clothing instead yeah. of on their body, where there's like chemistry maybe in place or whatever. They, they, they just need to adjust the bone. Um, or like spray it and walk into it. Now, right. <laughs> a couple of things you didn't list here. I'm curious if you saw anything on. What about um, uh, deodorant? That was actually one of the first things I thought of. And hair gel, because those two things, I, I've seen those covered in smoothing. But yes, I, I would actually say that um, as far as smoothing is concerned, that they, you know, according to the Melikov, they would actually be forbidden. But uh, I would also look at alternatives. Say there's a spray-on deodorant that you use on the sure. pot or something like that. That I that I've seen nothing that's uh, right. not permitted. I don't think that. anybody has ever accused me of trying to smooth my arm face using deodorant. Well, the issue Where is not. Where does it go anyway? Well, I don't know. The it's issue is so much. Well, yeah, but it, it does. I mean, I guess you are kind of smoothing out the hair in your underarm. What if you attend? Yes, Brock. Are you raising your hand? Oh, I thought you were accusing Oh, you can throw, throw the deodorant. powder at yeah. the armpit. Put a deodorant in the air and walking into it. <laughs> it doesn't stink. Slap it. Oh, so so, 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 it so all your wives are like, I got to throw powder at my face. You got to throw it under your arms. <laughs> yes, Brock. All right, here's my question. What is the difference between cologne being absorbed into your skin versus cologne being absorbed into your skin? What's the difference? About what was the second part? What, you're saying you can apply cologne, right? And, but if you can apply it to your skin, not your, your clothes. Yeah. But I guess I feel like the, the cologne will be absorbed into your skin. How is that different than absorbing? Well, it's, it's not really. It's, it's more of an it's evaporation, I think. Yeah, because okay. if it were absorbed, it would stop smelling. Yeah, it's more of an evaporation. It smells because it hasn't <laughs> absorbed. Okay. It's, it's but, as, but I think that right. in the case of clothing, it will get into the fibers. So that is the yeah. difference. It would actually yeah. absorb into your clothing. Yeah. Right? yeah. All right. Is that good? Yeah, yeah we're good. Did someone else have a comment? Okay. And from what I have seen, they do include so hair gel in this category, and they do not allow it. Okay. Um, generally speaking, at least the thick stuff. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if it's like liquid hair gel, but it, hair spray is a different issue altogether. How are we doing on time? Eight fourteen. You are five minutes. Yeah, you are fifty-five minutes right now. Oh, okay. We're golden. All right. Um, as far as um, nail polish is concerned, uh, a couple different points on this. Uh, it is forbidden to use nail polish on Shabbat, whether it is color nail polish or clear nail, po nail polish. You know, some along want to address the dyeing issue. Um, as as the polish, you know, adds a pleasant shine to the nail and is enhancing the natural color of the nail, which is included. Um, it is for the same reason that one would be prohibited from using um, whitening strips on their teeth. Uh, once again, it is also for the same reason that one is prohibited from using fade creams 
that are of the same color as one's natural skin, even okay. if it's being used just to cover up blemishes. So that's always smoothing, right? Yes. Okay. So that, all that's good is dyeing. Yes. Oh well, it's well. I mean, it's. That's what. No, it is. Like. Th those are forbidden according to smoothing. Right. That's mm -hmm. exactly. But for yeah, dyeing, it, those are all good. Right, but they're they're related in that respect. Yes. So it's good to address it so on both terms. Yes. Why is whitening so tremendous? Because it's been absorbed. <coughs> I thought I because that sounds like brushing your teeth. Yeah. It is. All right. Here, the, the whole statement again. It is forbidden to use nail polish on Shabbat, whether it is col a colored nail polish or a clear polish, as the shine adds a pleasant finish to the nail and is enhancing the natural color of the nail, uh, which is included in so. Um, How is this in smoothing? That's what we're talking Is this a problem with smoothing? Yes, yeah, it does fall into smoothing. smoothing off your nail. If, if you would polish the silver, yeah. it's the same as putting on varnish, or it's the same as putting on nail strips, okay. or the two partners, you know, you're just making it look better. He was just mentioning dying because we're late. Are we, Yes, sir. So I, I just I went through these and I just was pulling it up again. So both forms of deodorant are okay. Yes. Aerosol deodorant <laughs> right. is actually okay <laughs> under the category of winnowing. Yeah. And and solid deodorant is okay under the category of grinding. Ah, okay. That's where it, it's like in. It falls in the do. Like you can do this. Now, under I, those I feel like I can't grind my pepper, but I can grind my deodorant. <laughs> How many people are? What kind of deodorant, deodorant are you using? Yeah, really. Well, mine comes in a bit slab. I think with most of these things, you're going to find people on both sides. So yes. there are lenient rabbis who will permit that, but then you, I'm sure you can also find usually more like Ashkenazi rabbis who'd have an issue with it. So we are exactly deliberately looking that point, for rabbis that allow deodorant. <laughs> exactly. Everybody knows that. To Greg's point, this goes back to my original intent for the class, yeah. that, that we have enough of both sides um, of understanding to where we can say, okay, here's the decision I've made and why. That goes back to what Joseph said gave us the as the the foundational purpose of this altogether. It's not so much that, okay, I'm doing this, I'm right. It's I'm doing this, this is why. It's it's understanding the decisions that you make. And, and it's probably just a current yeah. understanding. <laughs> not necessarily yeah. a lifelong commitment. Just to be clear, it's not halakha. Nobody at Bella Torah sets halakha or anything. Amen. That's it. Halakha is a very specific term. We don't do halakha. We don't make halakha. We, 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 we may have minhagim that we agree to, but we use the term halakha rather loosely. Well, it is, it is the way you walk generally. Agreed. Yes. But the authority for that, back to the Pusik or the skin. Are we moving on? We are. Right. I, I'd rather skin you alive than move on. No! No! I'm finishing the list. Ah. Uh, where we are uh, here, blush powders. While there are some post king who give a <clears throat> ruling on certain blush powders to be used on Shabbat, majority of the powers on the powders on the market are oil-based, which therefore causes the blush to be absorbed into the skin, which would make it very bad. 
Therefore, unless one has a texture on a particular product, one should assume that all cosmetic rouge powders are forbidden for use on Shabbat. Kosher meat. Yes, there, there is kosher meat. Yeah, there is. I don't know what kind of market there is for it. Sun tanning. I, I actually kind of thought this was interesting. Um, some posts can go so far as to prohibit intentional sun tanning, as this leaves a permanent color on the skin. What about applying sunscreen, like your sun, no your sun lotion? Head, your lotion? Yeah, that would be. That's a no go. Very thin, Put on oily spray on. Yes. That might be absurd. I think the intention here is that it, it's the change of it's the change of a color. So, right. but, but if you happen to be outside, like okay, here, here's the difference. Someone has you know obviously they're off on Shabbat and they want to sit out by the pool and relax. Okay, with but they end up getting a tan. That as opposed to okay, you're outside having a halakhic discussion, or you decide to hold prayers outside and you're not, the entirety of your head is not covered. You know, it's, it's, it's with the intention of darkening one's skin or increasing the color. <laughs> that's, that is, uh, that's related. So we need to get, need to get to 40 SPF for a spray, <laughs> and then we're good. <laughs> we'll uh, put it on the front. Um, some posts can go so far as to prohibit actually intentional sun tanning as this leaves a permanent color on the skin. It should be noted that not all posts can concur with this ruling, and everyone holds that it is permitted to merely sit outside if there is no intention of tanning, even if one will be pleased with the results. Hey, that freckle wasn't there ten minutes ago. <laughs> 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 this pleases me. This rather pleases. Makeup removal. While putting on makeup is in cases um, um, forbidden, removing it is permitted. However, it is preferable to use a disposable tissue so as to avoid questions of coloring the cloth or towel being used. Um, one should also avoid using Nail polish remover. Varnish. Varnish. Plus, it smells like turpentine. Nobody wants to smell that I should buy. No way. Uh, lotions. As long as the lotion has a thin and pourable consistency like that of oil, it would be permitted to use, providing that it is not medicinal. As then, one would have to ask um, about the requat aspect, the healing aspect of it. Therefore, one may apply most forms of sunblock lotion on an infant, or on himself for that matter, as they are very of very loose consistency. Ah, excellent. Ah. This is how we avoid the tanning. White boy. When I go to the beach, I want to stay my color because I don't want to be red. That's usually what happens. <laughs> yeah, Casper the friendly ghost over here. <laughs> All right. Um, so, are we good on these? Yes. All yeah. right. Yeah. All right. Skin you alive before I move to the next slide. Yeah. Play that again. Play that again. Funny Funny the first time. Um, everybody say mopsheet. Mopsheet. That is flaying. We will very, very rarely encounter this. Okay. Uh, in our in our walks, 
Well, I bet you Marianne's husband deals with this virtually every week. But I mean on Shabbat. Oh, on Shabbat. What? On Shabbat. Shabbat. Thank you very much. Yes. Hence, Malachi, forbidden work on Shabbat. Uh, it is the removing of hide from the body of a dead, uncooked. That little word uncooked has to be in there. If it were alive, this would fall into the shearing category. Okay. We're glad about the uncooked part. Otherwise, you couldn't take the skin off your chicken when you're eating it. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that would be important. I like my chicken uncooked. That's why the skin is pretty good. Living sandwich. I think it's. it's <laughs> It's really <laughs> scary. There have definitely <laughs> been some oh, you're with that or, you're or you're preparing it to <laughs> so be cooked, but it's for something that will be done <laughs> after Shabbat. So can it wait? So either do it before or do it after. Exactly. Right. I mean, I, I, there you go. So, like I said, that one's not one that you're going to run into very often um, as a as a, as a halakhic matter or you know, on Shabbat. So. I, there wasn't really a lot to address on that one. That's pretty clear. Salting, uh, also referred to as preserving and or curing. Um, Again, say, something you should probably do before the Sabbath starts. Yes. <laughs> Everybody say melicha. 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 Sounds like melicha. Melicha. Yeah, Oh, yeah. The salt sea. The idea here in relation to um, Mishkan is um, pre preserving an item to prevent it from spoiling, um, creating leather from the skin of an animal. It doesn't turn into a gun holster Ooh. on its own. <laughs> it has to be worked, and therefore we have a very closely related uh, category of leather working, uh, whereas salt, you know, it doesn't you wouldn't automatically like, think of that together, but that's how they're related. Yes, Brock? Is this only to do with leather, or is it with any kind of preserving? Like, if I wanted to preserve some preserves mm. in the jar. Or some pickles. Yeah, we're going to address the, the, the pickles and everything. Okay. Yeah, we're right. going to address the pickles. Until <laughs> we get to the do's and don'ts. The, the, <laughs> <part. laughs> the biggest issue is, is, is beef jerky here. That's your so let, let's go to the next one. <laughs> Salting dues. Um, again, shoot tree. Having to do with yes, having to do with leather what in the world as well. That, do they sell shoe trees? I have some. They do. Mine are shoe. Now say yes, they're loud. Right? I know yes. Shoe trees. Okay. You buy so some real shoes. So you get some real oh. shoe trees. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So place a shoe tree back into a shoe. That doesn't yes. work for flip flops. <laughs> All right. But Put pickles <laughs> back into the jar. What? what? Yeah. We can? Good. You can. See? Well, back in the jar. That's not yeah, saying yeah. pickling it. No. no. Okay. Now, here's where it starts to get a little weird with the individual pieces of food on the plate. Salt for taste to eat right away a single vegetable on a plate with no other vegetables. Oh. What? That's fine. That's so I can't salt the whole plate. Don't salt the whole plate. You can't salt like a piece of like if you have well if you have a plate of carrots you can't salt one carrot and then the others not be salted. 
But you can sell like all of it. Is that is that uh, separating and uh, sorting? Yeah, still falls under this kind of sorting. <laughs> that's totally different. Salting that sorts. That's a totally different. Yeah. What that says. Yeah. Well, that's there are, totally well, there are the other ones say you can put salt on cooked vegetables. Okay. Well, we're trusting. Alright. Alright. You can dip a vegetable into salt. <coughs> brunch on it, right? Away. So we can we can have Passover. Who dips? Um, you can put salt on cooked vegetables. You can put salt on vegetables already in sauces or vinegar. Put salt on vegetables that have never been pickled. And you can prepare a small amount of salt water solution just before you pass it. Pass so, so the third bullet actually matches up with what goes yeah. yeah if you have a single vegetable on the plate Still with no other vegetables, it's okay, but if you had a single vegetable with other vegetables, right. you can't like only do the one. Yeah. I'm with you. Yes, and so let's look at the next slide that you've done. <laughs> it was probably just um, Since we're falling under the leather working as a related to salting, you cannot soften a stiff leather shoe by bending it up and down. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. Um, or, or putting your into and out of your holster. Unless you're preserving one. Right. Trumps. Well, the positive mister versus the negative. Should not oil leather. That makes sense. goes without saying. That's a Don't polish shoes. Wait till Sunday morning. Friday. Okay, so I actually was on point with the thing. Don't start up. A batch of pickles. <laughs> Loser! Start up a batch of pickles. Don't do it. Um, don't salt a vegetable to crisp, crisp it. Who has done that? How would you do that? Put it in the crisper. Yeah. What? Salting a vegetable. How would you crisp it by salting it without putting it in a. I mean, I've beaten uh, a lot of things. If it's, <laughs> if it's hot, can't it. But if it's uh, hot, like, like uh, you've got the french fries and they're hot. Put salt on it, it will lighten up. Never know. And then I think this goes back to our previous one uh, where we had a little bit of uh, these, these, these last two. Salt a number of vegetables. Yeah, see, the key here is don't count the silly vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> and then salt a, don't salt a single vegetable on a plate with other vegetables. Okay, so. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, because the previous one, you can salt the single one if there are no other vegetables. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, a little, little interesting there. So, um, not exactly life-altering, but, you know, you suddenly have, you're getting one carrot on the plate, and then, you know, so I, you know, your mileage may vary. All right? Interesting. You can salt your you can salt the French fries. It is a vegetable. <laughs> Just don't it's use the salt to crisp them. Which we don't know how to do, and therefore it's completely wrong. Lack of knowledge is always announced. Wait. <laughs> 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 All right, so I'm going to call upon a couple of readers here. Who does not want to read? I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, I, am, I am unable to read because you're using them. Oh, it's okay. Alright, so um, how about uh, Joshua Martin? Would you like to take the Exodus passage for me, please? 
Mr. Bartos, can you get you the Genesis passage for me? Uh, Brock, how about 1 John 5, 2 through 3? Okay. Um, Mr. Spurlock, how about the Isaiah, uh, first Isaiah passage? Um, Colby, let me get the second Isaiah passage, 58, 13 through 14. Um, Mr. Luke 23, 36. And Petros. Huh. Hebrews 4, 9. Do the bruise. All right, everybody listen up. These, these are, I want us to really bring home a lot of the reason, you know, it's so easy to get lost in the minutiae, the details, and and a lot of these things as to, you know, one of the, you can't see the forest for the trees kind of um, mentalities that um, I pulled these passages so that we would have several of these reminders in one place as to why it is that we're doing what we're doing. So. I'm sorry, but my Bible will not load well, you can start an internet connection by connecting to Promised Land and putting in fellowships. If you want. Remove that from the recording because we can't have any hackers who happen to be Johnny Keen. Who happen to be like right nearby the house, but outside. <laughs> have all these cars in the driveway. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's put fish on the back. You got it, sir? All right. Go for it. Remember the set to keep it cold. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is the seventh day to your God, to Adonai your God. Right? You shall do no work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your wife's house, or your sojourner who is within your gates. Genesis. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. Amen. John Yes, to make sure it's clear, every time you see the word work in this passage, it's not the word Exactly. First John, please. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. Amen. Isaiah 56. Also the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to Him, and to love the name of the Lord to be His servants, everyone who keeps profaning the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be acceptable on my altar, for my house to be called a house of prayer for all the peoples. Isaiah 58, please. You turn back your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, and the holy day of the Lord honorable. If you honor it, not going your own ways, or seeking your own pleasure, or talking idly, then you shall see delight, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob your father, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Luke 23, please. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine. (laughs) (laughs) Luke 23, 36. The soldiers also mocked him. I'm an ESV. Oh, yeah, it might be different. Uh, It's related to the Sabbath. Okay. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> that one, I, I, I was looking around right there, I was like, oh, all right. Uh, Hebrews 4, 9. So then there remains the Sabbath rest for the people of God. What? It's he, the entire verse. Yeah. That was Peter Spicciarini, ladies and gentlemen, from memory. Without a Bible. But doesn't he have a Bible? Alright, so wait, wait. What was the Luke one? Was it about this, about was about healing the ship of Sabbath? Well that was supposed to be. It's hard to be the chapter fourteen is it can't be twenty three. Maybe it's thirteen? No, it's fourteen. Fourteen? Because twenty three is at the end of the book. Yeah. Something like that. So everybody look through all 24 chapters of Luke at the 36th verse, and we'll find it. Perhaps it's the 26th verse of chapter 23. 23 is too late. Sabbath is not there. Yeah, Sabbath is in chapter 23. Perhaps you spelled Luke, but you meant Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. I hate that when that happens. And then Hebrews 4 9, please. We just oh, need oh, to oh, Sorry, we, we got that one. All right, so one of the things that when you're discussing these, uh, when you're deciding on these things on your own. I mean, I know I covered a couple today, but this is just sort of general um, when helping to decide uh, how to apply these things in our lives. Um, I found these from the really cool um, little Shabbat foldouts that First First of Zion makes. And and, um, there's one for welcoming the Sabbath, one for closing the Sabbath, and then the middle one is for uh, guarding the Sabbath. And they give us some questions on there that we can ask ourselves that I, I thought were very applicable to all of us. And, and the, the $39 code are on the back, right? They are on there as well. That's, that's what made me think of this. Um, so we can ask, does it have to be done now? Can it wait 24 hours or rabbinically 25 hours, all right? Is there any way around this issue or conflict? How do I protect and guard this time, this day, Shabbat, all right? By my actions, who is my master, man or God? Hashem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. would this action be considered going my own way? We just read that in one of the Isaiah passages. Or pursuing my own interests. You know, if, if, the, if this one doesn't get you, then this one will. And this is what I love about a community like this. How many, how would my other Shabbat observing friends counsel me? It's They're going to jack you up! It's always trouble to ask those guys. Yeah, so... Um, these are these are things that I would ask us all to prayerfully consider when some that when there is an issue of is my behavior pleasing to God? Am I really getting lost in the details, or is this how I can really truly delight in the Sabbath, pleasing to God, and within the framework of His commandments as we understand them? All right. Um, let's go to the next one. Uh, here are a number of the references that I used. Of course, Halapopedia has been used a number of times, and Chabad.org, they have a valuable treasure trove of knowledge on their website. Um, from the basics of the basics 
for children to very, very in-depth stuff. That's a, a, a very valuable resource. A lot of the things concerning the, um, the commandments uh, that we looked at tonight come from Mishnah um, Shabbat 73a. Um, a lot of the um, rulings and discussions are from uh, Tractate Shabbat in the Talmud. There's some really neat stories in there. I just feared that I didn't have enough time to get into all of them, but it's it's really worthwhile reading. It's, it's really good. Of course, the uh, First Book of Zion Garden Shabbat uh, pamphlet, um, the Halakhic Positions of Rabbi Joseph Soloveitchik, and that's really good reading. Very straightforward, it's not too heady, and, um, and and it's very clear and concise. Yes, the uh, teach it to me. That's kind of like a mirror site on puretorah.com slash Shabbat. The, that, they have got, just got like a bunch of PDFs and it's from the Ashkenaz and Sephardic perspective. So what, when they say do and don't, those you can assume are general for both sects. Yeah, and that I, I use that a lot. That's, that's a neat um, website. That guy, uh, he just breaks it down the most simple that I've seen. Yeah, they have audio there. material and, and and like Greg said, PDFs of the like a like a course outline of what they what they discuss in the audio material. I mean, there's just such a wealth of information on all these things. Um, you can visit any of these websites too um, for for further investigation on your own time. But I mean, these are just kind of surface scratching and um, immediately practical uh, things that we can grasp hold of right away. Um, so that was my intention for tonight. Um, question anyone? Concluding thoughts? It looks like you're going straight for the hand. Yes, sir. Uh, I, I guess this is one more um, high school more question for group. So, <clears throat> so for example, so great language. If you um, you're talking to a Christian friend or even another messianic who may not be observant or whatever. If they ask you, um, do you uh, do you keep the Sabbath? What's your answer for that? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I. If I'm if, if there's a reason to be brief, then I would usually just summarize it by saying yes to the best of our ability. Um, and then, I mean, if there is opportunity for more discussion, then I, I do like to include our furthering of our halakhah or the deepening of our walk by saying we the, the the big ones listed out in the Torah we. We do observe, but we are we are slowly but surely working on our increasing our observance regarding one of the rabbinic traditions, that is specifically the milk. Okay. What's your so that's what you tell your Christian friend. Depends on who's asking. Yeah, yeah I mean, well, Christian, Christian, friend, Christian, Christian friend usually Christian will reference some of these. Well, like they. Well, usually they have, they, at least what I've found is they, they kind of like hear these random things from like Judaism and like oh, immediately the throw them as darts. Exactly, yeah, stuff like that. So, um, okay, so if you have a Christian who says, do you keep the Sabbath? And your answer is yes with a qualification. Right. Okay. 
if you have if you're in a conversation with an Orthodox Jew and he says, Are you sure as your body? What's your answer? No. Not even close. Okay. Why wouldn't your answer be the same? Because it's the same question. Well, because it's a uh, bit different it's not answers the depending on the person. It's not the same question. I think it is. I oh, know you think it is, but the it's not the same question the because the two people don't understand from the same perspective. Well, but but now I understand there's maybe different perspectives, but um, the English word keep or also guard is the Hebrew word shomer. So the Jewish guy knows Hebrew, so he says, "Are you shomering Shabbat?" Right, and yes, that. And to him, that means keeping all of the 39 laws of according to rights. It's a given, right? To the Christian, who may or may not, who may have some idea about the 39 laws code, probably does not understand, certainly willing to bet, does not understand it, probably hasn't studied it, blah, 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 right? So, but they're still asking, did you keep the Sabbath, right? So, uh, and it's just a, this is a question I've been thinking about because, again, I think you know making sure we're consistent is important. You know, um, because regardless of whether the question is asked in English or in Hebrew, it, you know, and even uh, I, I get the point that different people may understand the question differently. But what's what's Consistent response we should be giving, I guess, is, is what I'd like some discussion about. I love the question. Um, when a Christian asks me if I keep the Sabbath, normally their question is, Do you keep the Sabbath? Well, let me finish the question for them. Or do you worship on Sunday? That's normally where they're coming from. Because keeping the Sabbath, they don't know Melikot from, from anything. So normally it's, tell me about your worship practice. When do you do it? Not what do you or don't you do. That's normally where they're coming from when they ask me if I keep the Sabbath. Right? Are you going to be available for me to call you if I need you, my IT guy, on, on Saturday? Do you keep the Sabbath? Yes, I keep the Sabbath. And the answer is no, I'm not available to you. Call me Sunday. Right. I get where you're coming from, and and it, since you asked me this, you know, several days ago, I've thought about it, and I think my answer does probably need to change um, to be not only more respectful of what it really means to be Shomer Shabbos, um, but to not come off as too proud to the Christian to say, yeah, I'm Shomer Shabbos, which I would never say. I do keep the Sabbath, but why don't you? Um, He's the only guy here that doesn't have to drive on Shabbat. Right, well, I am. But I, but I tell you what, I, I tell you where it's coming from. In theater. Is talking about this specific series on the 39 Millicote to Christians has been the biggest eye-opener for them and for me. You know, because they're, they all know I keep the Sabbath, whatever that means. But... They, they don't realize that there's questions, that, that we're constantly moving forward, that we're constantly trying to see, well, why was this considered incorrect in the Master's day? And why did the Master 
do it when we know he didn't say, you know, those kind of things. So I think it's it's a good conversation to have. Um, but I am getting a little broader with folks if I sense that they're not asking about my halakha, they're asking about what day. If, it, if it's not and that maybe it's a it, I agree. I mean, to the, to the average you know, person in the visible church uh, who's never studied and probably never has any inclination to study, um, I, I guess really what I'm getting at, regardless of their understanding of of rabbinic teaching, because let's put the rabbinic teaching aside for just a moment. If we if we stick to if we just if we take the Torah, the Torah says you're remember and to guard, right? And guard is also translated as keep in the same word shomer, right? So, um, but because at least our perspective is our our interpretation of remembering and guarding is um, is it uh, is enlightened by the by the understanding that's come down from from many many centuries now, well. right? Uh, so. It informs our understanding of what those terms mean. Right? So, to me, it seems like yeah, the, the Christian doesn't appreciate the difference in, in the meanings of the term. Maybe it's an opportunity to educate, right? So, when the that's, question that's is, do you, when, you, when you keep, do you keep the Sabbath? Maybe the answer is, I don't keep the Sabbath, but I do observe it or remember it. Because keeping or guarding the Sabbath, as it is understood, you know, includes the thirty-nine malachot, and you know, depending, you know, and of course, as we're learning, the thirty-nine malachot, depending on, you know, how you apply the thirty-nine malachot, there's obviously opinions and whatever, but but the thirty-nine malachot are are kind of embedded or implied in the guarding of the Sabbath, right? And nobody in Bell Torah is Shomer Shabbat today. In, included in that is is being Jewish, though. Like, even if any of us right now were 100% Shomer Shabbos, that would be the worthy of the death penalty, according to the Talmud and Rabbi Daniel Lapin. So it's still like a matter of conversion, eventually, because even if a Jew asked you, are you Shomer Shabbos? And you say, absolutely, and that's right. He's, it's going to be like, oh, when did you convert? Like, <laughs> That's like uh, a prerequisite. It, it, I agree. There's a party line in Judaism for that. But we also know Orthodox rabbis who don't have that. So let's, let's not further complicate it with that. <laughs> I, I get your point. I mean, I get your point. But... To me, the, just making sure again that we're not we're being clear and consistent. Guarding the Sabbath means something specific. Remembering the Sabbath also means something specific. They're not the same thing. So, um, when God remembered His covenant, it's not that He forgot it in the first place. It also implies action. There's something that He. Sure. He, 
details in relation to that. <coughs> so that Joshua had the next comment. The only thing, my only concern with that, though, is guarding the Shabbat is a is a is a commandment in the Torah. Indeed. So if someone were to ask me, "Do you keep Shabbat?" and I say no, I am verbally acknowledging I break Shabbat every week. Which now I do by an Orthodox which, tradition, but I'm not necessarily convinced. Otherwise, I'm in sin right now, and how dare I continue to like, you know, sit on my head. Yeah, I mean, we've got like, I'm saying it's like, if, if I really believe that I am not keeping Shabbat because I'm not keeping the Melakot, then I'm adding 39 new rules to my, my, my list on this Saturday. But if, I, if I'm not convinced that it necessarily that they're all applicable or I'm applying in the same way, then it's a difference of interpretation. It's not something I'm not keeping, I'm just not keeping it the orthodox way. Because even okay. like Temple Israel would be different. But no, I, I get that, but... Where does that, where does that, you know, stop, right? Because in other words, then any commandment, I get to decide, you know, I get to decide for myself if I am, you know, if, if my actions meet the standard, right? Hopefully. So then it's kind of, it, it, then it's, we're, we're back to kind of, Making up our own way or doing what we what we've convinced or justified in our own mind is right. Um, and, and, and so I'm not saying I know the answers here. This, yeah, is, why, this is why I want to have the discussion. That was a community as well, and part of the reason that um, popular phrase we have in here is everyone is a rabbi. That's what I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. does in in opinion, would we consider the Messiah? Guarding, keeping. Wait, what? Our master. How how would we regard in relation to our understanding of guarding Shabbat? How was he? Without question, he had to be guarded. If he's the spotless, sinless. Like now, God, what, I I say in relation to the understanding of guarding Shabbat, right. the thirty-nine Malkot, yeah. Orthodox. Well, maybe that would be a good it study for this, so, little, this whole little uh, series. The reason, <laughs> do you see what I'm asking? Yeah. Well, well, the, so the 39 mile code, however they were understood at that time, at that time he kept them. And where he didn't keep the prevailing Holocaust, he demonstrated that he was correct. Exactly. Right, because he disagreed, clearly. They had people who were very upset with him for a whole bunch of different things. Uh -huh. uh, he, and his the, 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 well, the primary the primary issue, we see him really taking a, a very you know, clear and uh, unapologetic stance for was healing. But, but, he, my, but my understanding is that the halakha around healing was not established at the, at the time it, there, there was there there were camps that were definitely saying you shouldn't do it there were other camps that you know maybe minority maybe in the minority but had, had did, you know said no you can do it he's weighing into the debate on what the halakha what the right halakha so is. the reason I, that I asked that question is because it stems from an earlier when I described my walk one of those challenges to other Christian friends of mine is to do as our Messiah did. 
to follow in his footsteps. So yeah. if that's it, then why am I not walking the way that he did? Well, no, absolutely. That's a, that's a great question. We all, should, we all should be doing our best to emulate the Messiah, right? Right. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I mean, that's sort of a preaching well, you guys choir are, in this group. No, you, no. See, what he's saying things. is definitely different from what he's saying, and, it, and the two of them don't realize it. Where he does, and he doesn't. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not he's, getting his point. He's saying, "I've got the biblical record, and I am doing what the Master did." You're saying, "The biblical record doesn't have everything he did. The Scriptures itself teach us that, and there's every evidence." That he kept the tradition. The biblical record the does not ever report the master saying Berkat Hamazon. I, I got you. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. But sure. we know he did. I understand. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. Or actually, either one of you. Here's a here's, here's a here's a, a quick thing. I do, Johnny. I, I like the idea that um, this this deserves a class of its own, and I'd love to, to take it up at the end. I know you didn't get to talk to me, so. Yeah, I've been holding for a while. Um, it's only my God. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I always say. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> Samuel had a, uh, a good response, and, and I'm, I'm sensitive, and I'm agreeing with you. I'm, I'm not saying I know what the right answer is, I'm just... And, and you normally don't, you're just a troublemaker, but I still agree <laughs> with you. I agree with exactly where you're coming from. But I'm very, very sensitive to what you said. Mm -hmm. So if somebody says to me, do you keep the commandments of God, I definitely want to say yes. I, that's what I want to say. If they ask me... We're, we're having uh, the barbecue here at the church tomorrow afternoon. Did you want to come? Oh, will you keep kosher? I say, yes, I keep kosher. Well, what does that mean? Are you Jewish? What does that mean? Right? Do you keep the Sabbath? Generically, I would say yes, because I want to be clear with those people. If we're sitting down with our Orthodox friends, they don't ask us if we're Shomer Shabbos because they already know we're not. If it's some orthodox guy out of the blue, I think we would we would not only embarrass ourselves, but we would we would disgrace what we stand for to say, yeah, I'm Shomer Shabbos. I guess I guess the fundamental question becomes: Does guarding the Sabbath include the observance of the thirty-nine malachot? That's exactly. What the question is? Really, the whole church versus Judaism thing was a red herring to get us to this point. <laughs> I think that's the the final. <laughs> so actually, yeah, yeah, go me, go me, wait, go me, go me. Yes, please. Um, you want to know about putting on the rouge? Yes, so. <laughs> <laughs> He's already blushing. It isn't needed. <laughs> I would. Um, having bounced a lot of these questions around like the last six months or so, I feel like it. Um, that line of thinking took me just to get because we're community and I can get vulnerable to you guys, but not too vulnerable because I'm not in church and that's weird. But, um, plus we're on live video, yeah, yeah, that like volume of thinking of, of which is a very healthy line to, to question what I'm doing, question all this stuff. Um, I kind of missed on the, the extreme side of that and I wasn't even sure what I was doing on my walk. Um, because if you take that logic everywhere, no, nobody in this room keeps kosher, nobody in this room observes Shabbat, nobody in this room practices Judaism, nobody does anything. <laughs> like, seriously, nobody does anything. So we and can't you, describe and you live your life. We are very, not hardcore. And you live your life very defensive. 
um, and you're no longer proud of what you're doing, you no longer have any confidence when you speak. Um, so it took me to a pretty pretty dark place. So I was just warned, uh, there's ditches on both sides of every road, but consistency is, is definitely great, but I think confidence and is, is, is very good as well. But everything revolves around your relationship with Hashem. Um, and if we ever get away from like faith, not faith-based, like, but just as far as Judaism is concerned, a faith-based relationship with the Lord versus two heavy halakhic discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and then it's all good to think about stuff. But the only reason we started doing this is because Taylor, or you gave a class, and then Taylor started doing Shomer Shabbat, started trying. That's the only reason I invited anything. That's the reason I'm having this class because one person actually did something. So we get the guy with the hat over there doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, well before I started teaching. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just what I would warn against, just for my own personal sake. The um, I remember the last time that uh, Jeremy came to speak to us. We were at the uh, what's that? The Levine Center. Yeah. And he opened with this question. What, not what's a mitzvah? What's a commandment? What's a commandment? Describe a commandment or describe describe a mitzvah. I can't remember who answered him, but Vermillion. Yeah, Ken Vermillion. Jeremy was shocked that he knew the answer. A commandment, a mitzvah, is a connection. It's a connection to the master. It's a connection to Hashem, and and that whole thing is there. So if we're if we're tearing the toilet paper, or as Samuel has taught us, cutting the roll in half on Friday um, to prepare. And, and it's, it's more of a, a pain in the neck, and it's not a connection to the master, then we're doing it for the wrong reasons, and we're, and we're messed up. So, exactly. Um, Samuel actually answered your question uh, here. He says, uh, when anyone asks us if we keep the Sabbath, could we do as Yeshua did, and just ask another question? He would probably ask them, what do you think it means to keep the Sabbath? Uh-huh. Right. That's good. And that's kind of where I was going is, clarify their question. In all of the comments, I don't disagree with any of these comments. Um, I just want to make sure that uh, I just want to make sure that there are ditches on both sides of the issues for sure. Right? But we also, just, you know, one of the ditches that we could fall into is you know, is convincing ourselves that we um, convincing ourselves that we really are doing things when maybe we're really not. Exactly. You know, That's and, right. and, and kind of pulling kind of self-deception. Right? Wool over our own. Right. Yeah. So, so there's, we definitely, there's definitely uh, there's sensitivities on all around this and ultimately it does have to stem whatever we do and however we do it has to stem from our relationship with Hashem, Amen. and and I, the connection comment, I wholeheartedly agree with. Yeah. If a command, if you you know, I mean again, there's also there's <laughs> ditches on both sides of this too. But certainly, if a commandment um, or a tradition or whatever does not reinforce your relationship to Hashem, then we should question that. That should be a flag. However, 
just because it may not give you warm fuzzies doesn't mean you disregard it either. That's right. That's exactly. So you, it, it's it's with counsel and wisdom and much prayer and lots of humility that we, you know, I think we have to uh, consider all of these matters. But well, and and one other thing is with the Jerusalem Council when they say, okay, stay away from these four things and then do what? It's, Moshe has read every Shabbat, so I'm, I'm still reading Moshe. Sure, absolutely. You know, and it's a you know, progress. The, the, the Orthodox and conservative communities have have managed to mesh the, the, the groups together without offending one another or or uh, or looking down on one another. And surely we should be able to at least deal with that while we're learning and establishing our own minhag. So, and yeah. to that, and I, I, I applaud Coley for asking that question because sometimes you know, he's like, yeah, the church, they don't want to deal with stuff like that. And that's, that's part of the reason, Coley, why I put those last couple slides up there about, okay, when we're in doubt, why are we really doing this? If our heart's not in the right place and if we're not, um, uh, if it's not about a relationship and it's just about you know, going through a bunch of empty motions and stuff like that, then we really need to check ourselves before we start getting into it. So I, I thank you for asking that question. Um, and I'd also like to um, lift up Greg Bartos here. Um, while we were having our discussion, he was like, okay, well, this is um, based on this Malachi, we can do things that are forbidden under other Malachot. So it's, it's because he has... He's being the Berean thing. What he did right there is the essence of why we're having this series. He he has, you know, he went straight to the fact that okay, yeah, it's forbidden under this, but it's permissible under this. It's but he knew how to back it up, and and he's like, okay, well, whatever stance his family takes on it, he he can cite it. He he knows, and um, it, it goes back to when you were talking about the. Um, you keep the shit, keep the Shabbat. Well, th that's going to look a lot of different ways to a lot of different people, and so if you're going to get into an in-depth discussion on your actual practices, your minhag, your halakha, then you know this is sort of you know it's like we've been through kindergarten, guys. We've been through middle school. You know, we're kind of we're kind of high school now. We're we're we need to be able to. We're learning more advanced topics. And the fact that we are being able to look at it from both sides and say, okay, here's why I'm doing this, and, and be able to go straight to that answer, that's sort of the essence of this whole series and discussion. So, um, you know, you're, 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 you're doing it right. You're, you're doing exactly what, what, I, what I, in my personal opinion, what we're, what we're aiming for in this. So, you too, man. This so thank you. was excellent. Good job, man. Yeah. Fifty cents. When the rabbis leave the study hall, when the tzaddikim take leave of each other at the study hall of Rav Yosef, they would say to one another, may you taste the sweetness of the world to come in this life, may you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come, and your deeds affect the hope 
of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet. And may your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One. May you have the self-control to look straight before you. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah. May, you f may your face shine like the brightness of the sky. And may your lips utter knowledge, your heart rejoice in righteousness, and your feet run to hear the words of the Ancient of Days. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys.